Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders. How is everybody doing out there in crowdfunding land? I hope you guys are having a great week and your projects are being successfully funded. You know, I hope backers are emailing you big questions and exciting stuff and they're just, you know, you're, you're responding to a whole bunch of stuff. And I hope you actually are feeling a little overwhelmed. That's actually a good thing when you're in the middle of a campaign that you're feeling all this energy and emotion because I will tell you from experience, that's like a drug. And you will want to go back to it and back to it and back to it because, number one, um, you know, your project's getting out there and people are into it. Number two, money's coming in, so that's a good thing, right? Everybody wants, to, wants, to, wants that to happen with their company. So always a great, great feeling when your campaign is, um, you know, going nuts. So with that said, this episode, I believe today, is going to be an epic episode and if I would have had some um, sound, like some sort of music right there, I would have had like a big music bed. But you guys can close your eyes and imagine what it sounded like. Just like, bum, 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 bum. So the reason I am giddy today is coming up on that I get to interview is uh, I got to interview one of the creators of Rebel Girls. And this is Rebel Girls 2. So she's got a, um, uh, Alina, Alina. E-L-E-N-A, uh, put out uh, another version of a book. This is, this is Rebel Girls 2. And if you guys are at all familiar with Rebel Girls 1, I mean, I think it did millions of dollars on Kickstarter um, uh, about a year ago. And this is the second book. And they're also going to be doing a podcast. And this is just some absolutely super, super, super excited stuff because I was the backer on um, the Rebel Girls, the first one. Um, I bought it because I wanted it for my daughter and I wanted her to have it in the house and I wanted to read stories of empowering women. You know, I want my, my, my daughter to, to look up to these women that have done amazing things. And I thought our conversation was awesome. I was really honored to get down and actually, sit down and actually uh, get the time to chat and, and go through that sort of stuff. So really exciting stuff. So what's going on here outside of me, me hinting last week that the wife has decided to pivot and change jobs um, last Friday. So we're in a bit of panic mode, which is what also happens to entrepreneurs when you've got a partner. You know, you've got you to work together, right? So I spent um, this morning filling out an application for something that has always kind of been in the back of my mind. It's sort of one of those things where I'm like, you know, I could possibly do this and see myself, um, you know, being all right with it. So what do you think that is? What do you think I could see myself doing? And I, I guarantee, I don't think you're going to know the answer to this. I filled out an application to be a school bus driver. That's right. That's right. That's what I did this morning. I answered a whole bunch of questions. I had to do some math. Um, and yeah, that's what I did this morning. Now, you might be wondering, Jeff, you're running a huge, gigantic podcast. You're running a crowdfunding agency empire, uh, still working at the live church. Where do I think I have time to, to maybe drive school bus? Well, it all goes back to a couple things here. Number one, you know, I got to work in the morning and at night for, it's like, you know, what, three hours a day? You know, it's not like it's a huge, gigantic commitment. So that's one thing. 
but this but the other thing is back in the band days oh oh i just hit my pop filter sorry about that everybody uh back in the band days the sugar people days when we needed a tour uh we decided or mostly i decided that we were going to do that in a school bus so i went out and found a school bus we gutted it and put bunk beds in it carpeted it put a cage for our equipment uh, painted it all red with white racing stripes. We hooked up a Nintendo 64 to a TV and had like a little living room area with some futon, like a futon in it. We had a generator on the back that kind of worked. Uh, but we basically outfitted a kick butt um, uh, school bus. And as the leader of the band and the one who had to learn all the stuff, I'm the one who, who basically decided to learn how to drive it. And I was mostly the, the driver of the school bus. I still remember parallel parking this thing uh, between two cars in downtown Toledo at a show. And mind you, the, like where the generator sat, it had a, a grate on the back, right? And man, it was... It was a challenging thing to park, but I learned how. I learned how to drive it. I enjoyed driving. I enjoyed opening that door. I enjoyed the, the sitting up there high. You know, so it gives me that, that vision of you know, when Kramer gets the bus for the Peterman tour uh, on Seinfeld, uh, you know, where turn music off. Like I, you know, I feel like I could be that sort of fun bus driver. Now, granted, I more than likely will not get this position because there's nothing in my resume or my history outside of the story I just told that says I'm a bus driver. Uh, but I think it would actually be kind of fun. And my kids are in school for the next, whatever it is, 15 years. I, why not, right? Why not? Something in the back of my head says I'd be good at it. Let's see if we can't do it. You know, I'm, I'm a people person. I don't mind kids. We throw parties here all the time. So who knows? I sent that out into the application world out there. Um, we're going to see what happens. So I did that this morning. Thoughts? Thoughts on that, anybody? Anybody? Yeah, I know. Probably nobody expected that one. But that's what's going on here. We're going to try that out. And outside of that, we're just going to continue, uh, you know, keeping on, keeping on here. So what else is going on? Well, if you are enjoying the podcast, and I'll tell you, we've been having some great interviews lately. I, I really have been r really excited about the, the last few conversations. And granted, I'm excited about all the conversations, but you know, my job is to continue to be a hype man for my latest work, right? So I think we've been doing some really good jobs. So if you've been enjoying the podcast, make sure you go tell a friend, right? We got to have more friends. You know, when you're sitting there at your slumber party and you're getting ready to watch a movie and you're eating your popcorn, you got you to look over to them and say, Hey, you know what you should do? You should check out the podcast Successfully Funded. They really break down a lot of great stuff about crowdfunding and owning a business and being an entrepreneur. That's what you what well, that's what you say to your friend. When you're over, you know, maybe you're at dinner. Uh, you know, with, maybe you're on a couple's date, right? You got two people out, four all four of you are out there sitting and you're drinking wine, you're enjoying yourself. And your, your steak comes, and you're like, oh, I forgot to tell you guys. Man, you got to listen to uh, Successfully Funded. Really great stuff over there. That's what we need you guys to do, because the more listeners we get, the more guests we get to have on here, the more conversations we get to have, and, and the wheels keep turning. So that's, what I need. that's one thing I need you to do. Second thing I need you to do, maybe become a subscriber, right? You know, go to the website, woodshed.agency. Subscribe. You know, subscribe to, to, to one of the 40 pop-ups I'm going to throw you. Become part of our world. 
and and it's you know even if you're not thinking about crowdfunding, but maybe you're into maybe you got a business and you just want to be inspired. Conversations like the one coming up here in a little bit, I think, will be inspiring. I'm inspired. I'm excited. I can't wait to show off this uh, this interview here in a second. Um, so that's something else you can do. Two things: tell a friend, maybe become a subscriber. Those two things will help out immensely. So, all right, I think I've ranted enough. I am going to go back underground here and, and continue sending emails today. That's my day-to-day, sending emails and working on podcast episodes. Um, but let's go ahead and kick my conversation with Ilan. And we are going to be talking, and she's obviously, go check out Timbuk2. Um, that's, that's her company. Great, great stuff. Great projects. If you just, you know, go pick up, go pick up this book. And this Kickstarter, mind you, too, is a Kickstarter Gold, which is a new thing. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. And uh, yeah, all right, here we go. Drum roll. Here we go. All right, I have hit the red light. It's blinking at you now. Hopefully you're not nervous, right? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> good. 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 Uh, well, let's let's do a quick sound check, and then we'll jump into the interview. So, uh, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? I just had some eggs, potatoes, and coffee. Oh, that's like the first like real breakfast. I asked this question a bunch of times, and most people are like, "I didn't eat or I had coffee." But it sounds like you had a real hearty breakfast. Yes, I need I need energy for the campaign. Yeah. Yeah, is uh, is uh, breakfast a big? You know, are you, is that a staple? Do you consistently have it? Um, no, not consistently. Just uh, when I, you know, when I really need some some new energy for the day. Well, you knew you had this big podcast interview, so that all makes sense now. You knew you had to be all ready to go to to talk to me. So I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, sure. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, I think we're sounding good here. Well, let's let's jump into um, you know what you're currently raising money for on Kickstarter right now. Yes, so we're raising money for for a children's book called Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls and um, a connected podcast uh, with the same name. Uh, so the book is a collection of 100 bedtime stories about women who changed the world from uh, Nefertiti to Beyonce. And, and the podcast is, um, uh, you know, it's a first series of 12 episodes uh, each 10 minute long and it, each episode is featuring a story about one of these extraordinary women. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. So, um, so for my listeners, you know, this is your second campaign and this is actually a Kickstarter gold, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, we are part of Kickstarter gold, uh, which is this initiative that Kickstarter launched uh, a few weeks ago to kind of celebrate, I think, over $1 billion pledged mm-hmm. to repeat uh, independent creators. So they, we were, basically we were invited by Kickstarter to, to be part of this, of this initiative. They kind of selected some of the best Kickstarter campaigns um, of, of all time. And, and yeah, and so that's, uh, that's why we're, we're in. So we should talk, I mean, your first campaign was an absolute home run, grand slam. I mean, as and I'm actually a backer of it. I bought uh, the book for my daughter. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, it was just, you guys definitely caught us in a moment of, of you know, I have a, she's three, 
and just feeling I mean, exact is at that time we were just looking and going. There's just there's no stories. My son has everything. He's got hundreds of uh, of people to read about and and you know cartoons and we just felt like my daughter didn't have any. So your your book came through at, at a really awesome time uh, when the campaign was going. So I was intrigued. So when it, when Kickstarter Gold kind of reached out, was this something where you had these ideas to do the podcast or, or Rebel Girls Two, or did you start putting that together knowing that the Kickstarter Gold was happening? No, well, no, we, we did have the idea in mind. So we, uh, we were actually already working on volume two and, and also on the podcast. Uh, we, we just weren't planning on, uh, on a new campaign so soon. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, this, this opportunity came up and, and so we decided to launch the campaign within this time frame, which is actually pretty good because it allows us to deliver the, the rewards in, in time for the holiday season. And it's always good for backers to receive their, uh, their you know, packets in just in time for, for the holidays. Sure. So, so what was some of the in, in, um, internal conversations? Because what you just mentioned was kind of one of my shocks just in terms of like, wow, you guys are all already going back to Kickstarter. And, and you see a lot of companies do multiple Kickstarters. So I don't think that it was that. I was just wondering on the timing. So what, 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 what kind of internal conversations were you having in terms of, you know, making the backers feel good, make sure you're ready to do this? Like, what, what, what's going on around there? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it's pretty common for, especially for successful Kickstarter campaigns to go back to Kickstarter for, uh, for a new product or for, for a new extension of, of the same product. Because I, I guess the main reason is that, um, you know, the biggest, um, or, you know, the most valuable aspect of a Kickstarter campaign is that it really allows you to create this community of early adopters of, of your of your product, or in our case, of, of our books. Um, and, 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 you know, this community wants to be part of, of the journey and not just, they're, they're, so basically they're, they're in for the journey and not just for the product itself. So they really want to be part of the evolving um process around around the product and around the company so in our case uh for example we see that they they're very excited about uh, a new volume and they were they were asking for new stories and and this had been going on for for a few months now so uh, launching a volume two was you know the natural next next step so that's what we were discussing internally we were like okay so what should we do they want more stories so we can launch a, a second volume with a hundred more stories and we can also launch um something like a podcast that you know it's it's on another platform and it it, it makes these stories even more accessible to uh to a larger audience, because of course you, you just need to download it and you, you don't need to pay. Um, so the, the internal conversation was, yeah, was mostly revolving around the fact that we needed to find uh, new ways to, to, to give access to, to more stories to our existing community. And, and Kickstarter was the best place to, to start this, this conversation again, because as I was saying, I think that, you know, your backers, are there for for the long journey with you and they want to support the growth of your of your team of your company they like when they see that you know something that they backed one year ago uh and it was just two people working in a kitchen right. <laughs> is, is now like a team like a super 
you know, diverse team of 10 people across, you know, across the U.S., but also in, in Mexico and in Spain. So it's, and now the book has been translated into 30 languages so they can see the, they can see the impact mm -hmm. that um, what they did had, um, you know, not just on, on our company, but on, you know, on a global scale in the world, because now you see, they can see like thousands and, and thousands of, of, uh, of children reading the book and, you know, taking picture <laughs> with the book on, on social media. So it's, it's great. Yeah, that's so, that's really awesome. Now, are you guys still in fulfillment of the first campaign or, or did you guys, were you guys have enough time to wrap up the entire project? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the first campaign was actually fulfilled by, yeah, before Christmas uh, 2016. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you had, you had enough time that you, because what I was wondering is if, if, if you did have enough time, if you were still in fulfillment of the first one while this was going on and just imagine juggling all those plates, I felt like that would be a lot of work. So I was just wondering. No, 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 no. The fulfillment happened, yeah, within a, within a few months. So we launched the first campaign in April 2016, and the fulfillment was uh, completed before uh, December 2016. And then, of course, now we have an e-commerce website where we sell our books. Um, so we are constantly fulfilling new orders on a daily basis of, of volume one. But that's that's in place. I mean, that's a machine that's working, so it's uh, it doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't prevent us from from launching a new a new crowdfunding. Right, right. <laughs> right, right, right. That's great. So you mentioned that you you've added obviously people to your team and and you've kind of grown overnight, right? Um, uh, quickly, I, I should say, would be maybe a better term. How do you uh, manage bringing on people, training them, making sure they're the right fit, just all of that? You know, so quickly. You know, it takes a lot of people. I think a lot of time to learn that sort of stuff. How did you guys do it? Yeah, I mean it's you know it's it's a learning process. So it's something that we we are constantly uh, trying to do better because of course you know finding the right people is always the the hardest part for for every company. Mm -hmm. And um, so we 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 try to we try to to look for for people who who have first of all who have a you know, a real passion for, for what we do, what we're doing and our, and our mission. And, and so we, we try to, to have, to, to, we try to see that there's a, there's a strong connection there. And, and also we strive to, to build a, a diverse team because one of the things that we try to do is to, you know, try to build a team that really reflects the diversity and the kind of values that we represent in, in, in the book, mm -hmm. um, which, as you know, since you have it, it's a very diverse and, and international book. So, um, so we, we really try to use those values as uh, the main driver of our hiring decisions and and usually and, you know this has worked uh, this far because we've uh, it, it really allowed us to to find people who who are passionate about our mission and understand like the, the values behind our company and and so they they're in for uh you know for, for for the long journey and they want they want to be part of this movement and help us help us grow it Cool. Well, let's 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 dive into your background a little bit. So, where did you grow up? I grew up in in Tuscany, in Italy, near Florence, in a, in a small town in the countryside. Uh, in, nice area, I hear. 
in Chianti. Yeah, where you know, good wine, yeah. <laughs> good food. Yeah. Yeah, travel destination for a lot of people, I believe. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. So how did you... You're in L.A. right now, is that correct? Yes, we're based in L.A. Um, we, so my co-founder, Francesca Cavallo, and I, we, we, we started a company in, in Milan, in, in Italy, in, uh, in 2011. And then in 2012, we moved to San Francisco. And, and so the company was actually born... Um, as a U.S. company in San Francisco, and why'd you guys move? Well, like, we, what was the move? we moved to. Uh, we were looking for funding, and you know the Italian startup ecosystem wasn't wasn't that great at the mm. time. It's now it's now growing and getting better, but you know at the time it was very early, very early stage, and uh, so we couldn't find money from investors to take the company off the ground and so we decided to try and and build a company in in the US and and it it worked because we we got some initial funding and and so the company was actually born as a gaming company so we were at the time we were building apps and games for children for for the app store so for yeah for mobile and and then slowly, you know, as it always happens with, with startups, we, we tried many different things. And, and then at some point in 2015, we decided to, to pivot and, 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 and build a new physical product. And yeah. that's where the idea of the, of the book came out. That's cool. What, um, what was it like pivoting? I think, I think it's challenging for a lot of people to, you know, if you're really passionate about something, and I, I'm an example of that. I had recording studios all over the United States, right? I had four of them, and we had to make a pivot <laughs> at some point and close them down, and it's still challenging. So how did you guys get through that, that ordeal? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is an ordeal. I mean, it takes time because you, you have to get to that point where you're like, okay, I need to change this because mm-hmm. evidently there's something that's that's not working. And so it's, um, you know, it's a painful decision and, and also... Uh, you know, it makes you, it makes you wonder and it makes you ask yourselves a lot of questions. Why am I doing this? I mean, is it still worth it? And, mm-hmm. and I guess that was, that was, uh, but it, it was a, a really a crucial mo- moment for us because it, it, you know, it gave us the opportunity to face, uh, with a very honest conversation, what we were doing and to ask ourselves, so why are we doing this? Why are we still in this? And it kind of forced us to, to find, you know, the right answer. And so it, it, what, 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 what we got out of that was that uh, for both of us, the most important, the, so the why, the most important reason for us to be still in this journey, in this startup journey was to try to do something for uh, empowering young women. And because this is, of course, a very personal issue for, for both of us. And, and so since we were in, working in children's media, we said, why don't we start with a, you know, with a children's book, especially given the context of children's media and children's books being still so packed with gender stereotypes and you know, dominated by male characters. And so we, we could see that you know, we could easily have an impact there if, you know, if we were doing things in, in, in the right way. And so it was a, it was a long and, and painful process because it, you know, when, when you 
when you talk about it now, it seems that, okay, we're you know, just over a coffee, we're talking right, about right. it, and we're like, yeah, let's do something for children, for empowering yeah. young, young girls, right? But it, you know, you, you, it's a slow process, and it takes time, and um, it's not, I mean, it's clear when then you actually come up, you, you deliver something, but, you know, the process of getting there, it's, um, it's, it, it, it's oftentimes very confused and, and, and hard. So you, you have to trust yourself and, and trust the process too. And, and the way we did it was, and that was, I guess, the most important piece of, of this part. Um, we kind of, you know, unplugged from everything and we stopped listening to investors' advice and, you know, like <laughs> other people's advice. Everybody in Silicon Valley was trying to push us towards a platform. Oh, you should be the platform for children's content or you should, right, right. you know, you know, should a platform for user-generated content, which was something that we really didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sort of, you know, we, we moved to LA and we were like, okay, let's get out of here because obviously they, they think and, you know, they, they, they want to push us in a direction that is not what we want to do. And we took some time off um, without thinking uh, about all of that. And we took some time to, you know, reestablish a more honest and direct dialogue with our audience, with our existing audience and so we started this newsletter that was going out every week mm-hmm. where we were testing a new a different story every week basically and and it was um uh, and every week it was a story about some extraordinary woman uh from the past or from the present so we 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 were kind of you know trying out this this concept and nice. and and the response that we were you know uh, getting from from readers was incredible because they were actually responding to the newsletter. They were asking for more stories. They were like, "Oh, where did you hear about this story? I never heard of it." So they were all very excited about this uh, thing. So it, it became clear after a while that we we were onto something, and that yeah. and so we were like, "Okay, maybe we should try to launch a Kickstarter campaign because right. probably we we have found." Uh, some clear need for for our uh, readers, and so we should try to build a product around it. And and so that's why we decided to to go to to Kickstarter. Um, and of course, we didn't expect the first campaign to explode like <laughs> like it did. Right. <laughs> it was. Uh, you, you always try to you know to plan for for a big success, but you know that was something that was definitely hard to predict so it was way more than yeah what we anticipated what 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 was the feeling like watching thousands of backers roll in i mean i imagine it was would be scary I mean, i've worked on a lot of campaigns but i've never actually had one that's gone that viral that through the roof i mean was it how overwhelming did it feel during that uh, it, it was you know it was incredible. It was electrifying. It's, yeah. <laughs> we were, I remember the, especially the first week, we, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't even believe it that it was going so fast, especially because we didn't have a marketing budget at the right. time to spend. Yeah. So, uh, it, it was really like the, the, this, this 
word of mouth effect and this viral effect that took over and you know people were sharing it on everywhere uh, and it just it, it was just incredible to see that we 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 had been able to you know to tap on something that was so needed and so timely evidently because i i guess there was a you know a timing uh, component uh, as well yeah so uh, so this Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll walk the fine line of controversiest here, you know, types of uh, question I have for you. But becoming, I mean, it almost seems like you and your co-founder have become an, uh, like a, an industry leader in terms of powering women, right? Um, mm-hmm. And during this whole election process and every, all the garbage we're seeing right now, I, I know for myself, and I also work on a men's magazine that's all about men, you know, behaving you know, good, right? And my, my one of my best friends, he has a daughter, same age as, as my daughter. And seeing this like new landscape and how fearful we are, mm-hmm. do you get questions? And, and, and like, do people come to you and say, what should we be doing for our, our young girls? Like, like mm-hmm. how are they not going to be impacted by mm-hmm. what we're seeing right now? And, and are, did you ever think that you might be pushed up into that sort of position at all? I mean, well, that's how, I mean, like, like, like yeah. when I saw your first campaign, I looked at you guys going, thank you. You're giving something to like, like yeah. my daughter has something to look at. Right. And I, but yeah. I, I got to imagine for you, you know, it's almost like you're like a, you know, the superstar athlete or something, you know, yeah. like they, they yeah. don't want to be the men. I just wanted to make the book and it has a good value and stuff, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm no, fascinated no, no. by that. I so. think, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the book Actually, yes, it, it became this beacon of hope for thousands of people, especially in the U.S., uh, mm-hmm. and especially after the elections. Absolutely. Yeah. We saw that uh, uh, because the book actually came out the same week of the election. Right. And uh, so it was particularly intense also from, from that perspective because we, we, we started receiving tons of messages from people that were saying exactly the same thing that you're saying now that we're saying thank you so much because this is actually giving us hope yeah. uh, and it's giving us something for our girls to uh, you know to look up and and something that that is encouraging that that, that is probably you know going to help them believe that Yes, I mean the world is still a good place after all, and they have, you know, right. they will have the opportunity to to do wonderful things and to to become who they want to become, despite all the difficulties and and the obstacles that you know they will find uh, in their way. Um, so it 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 actually yes became something bigger, I think, than just. Than just a book, than, than just a children's book. It became yeah. like this, this totem uh, for many people, you know, representing larger, a set of larger values um, uh, and something that they, that people started to be extremely and personally attached to, uh, especially, yes, especially after the election. So, uh, you know, we didn't, when we launched the campaign, we didn't we didn't anticipate um, this happening, and right. and well, first of all, because we thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. So, like the rest of the world. Yeah. So in a way, we actually we we were anticipating this happening, you know, in a more yeah. uplifting uplifting way. Right, right. Uh, and but you know, back to your to your initial question, 
Yeah, in a way, we were hoping that we could uh, become more than a book and that also we personally could become um, some sort of, you know, not just the authors behind the book, but also like some sort of examples of young young women who, you know, try to push the boundaries and uh, fight stereotypes and do mm-hmm. things in a, in a different way. So we didn't go to a traditional publisher. We, we are trying to, to create our, our media company um, on you know, on our own. And um, so we're trying, we're trying to do things differently. And I think that, you know, this also this authenticity and this part of, uh, you know, this approach that we, that we have is also something that people like, and is also part of the, you know, one of the reasons why I think the campaign uh, was so successful, because they could, you know, they could see they, they could em- empathize with with our st- personal story, and they could see that the values of the, of the book are actually also reflected uh, by who we are, and you know, the, well, yeah. our yeah. lives. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this, but there's an honesty to everything that you guys put out. There's like, there's you just feel it. You know, it's there's no corporate sponsor behind it. You know, yeah. <laughs> or or some big money bag, which maybe it's changed, but like. You just—it doesn't feel like you're tied to something, you know. No, no, no. There's absolutely. another agenda. It, it feels like it's just you, you're doing—you know—you're telling good stories. You know? Yeah, and it, it hasn't changed. I mean, it's still no. I mean, we have no sponsors, and it's just you know, it's just us. It's uh, like this company that is you know pushing, you know, really pushing the boundaries and trying to to uh, innovate in the publishing industry and the media industry. Well, what, what is your take on uh, the publishing industry as a whole right now? I mean, what, you know, what do you see? I mean, what, like, like how does it look from your, your vantage point? <laughs> well, it's interesting because, you know, we've been approached by, as you can imagine, by all the biggest publishers. Sure in the US after the success of the first of the first campaign and and you know the, every everyone wants to publish the book after you know it, the campaign was so successful and and of course we decided to stay independent and our company Timbuktu is still the publisher behind this book uh, because you know we we have built something truly unique for the publishing industry which is a direct relationship with our readers. So we are in this very unique position where we are able to create and deliver the book in the hands of, you know, the final customers in the yeah. in, in the hands of the uh, of the readers. And so we are completely in, in in charge and in control of the entire process from concept to delivery, which is something that is incredibly revolutionary in the yeah. publishing industry because you know typically even big publishers they have to work with you know large distributors they and also you know even when they uh, when they uh, they have direct access access to bookstores uh, they don't have a, a direct relationship with um, with the readers, mm-hmm. so the, the, there's there's still that part that is completely missing from from their business model, and and I know so what we built um, is is I think that the, the most revolutionary the, the community that we built and the kind of you know direct to, to consumer approach is the most revolutionary uh, aspect of our publishing approach, and uh, I mean eventually I think it's it's where publishing will have to to go if yeah. if they if they want to 
uh, you know, to move things forward because that's it's simply how consumers are now buying, right? It's just a, you know a big a big a big change in in consumer behaviors, and it's across all all categories. So I think we are kind of yeah pioneering like this this change and in in publishing, and that we will probably see more and more um, doing the same things, especially when you have you know such powerful tools as you know Kickstarter or Indiegogo or other crowdfunding right. platforms where you can you know take your project and and get it financed and get it off the ground without going to a to a traditional gatekeeper. Yep. So are there any habits that you have um that you think has made you a great entrepreneur have ran successful kickstarters is there routines that you do every day um you know who who are you in terms of that sort of stuff huh. yeah so <laughs> i'm trying to get into a new routine right now because uh now I, I feel so overwhelmed by so many different things that i, I yeah i would definitely need a a new routine soon. My my co-founder Francesca, she is much better at this than than I am. She actually meditates every morning. She's uh, she goes to the gym, so she <laughs> she kind of so she she does have a routine. She cooks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and and I think you know that's great because it's it's uh, you know those practical things that really kind of anchor you and give you some yeah some 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 strength during the day. Uh, but for me, um, you know, the, the, the best routine for me was uh, during, especially during the months leading to the first campaign, was this uh, habit of knowing that every week I had to send out this newsletter, this newsletter. And so that basically every week, I had to come up with a new interesting story, a new interesting angle, article, and, you know, write uh, a different blog post. And, you know, the, and so the, the routine of having this conversation and this dialogue going on on a constant basis week after week, that gave me a peace of mind and an, and an inner strength that I hadn't had for a long time because, you know, sometimes when you work, when you have a startup and things are not going super well, you feel completely like, you know, like a small boat in the ocean, just, (laughs) and and you don't know, and you see all these gigantic waves and you don't even know where to start to fight them. And so having like this very, very specific and, and practical thing to do every week that's, I would say, what, you know, got me through um, the, the hardest moments. And actually, that's also what made possible for us to, to, to have that haha moment, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're like, wow, this is, this is what they want. This is what they're asking. So we should, we should create a book like, like this. That's cool. So how, how about in terms of tools? I mean, I imagine that you've got lots of emails coming in, social media posts, running, you know, conversations between now, you know, all your team members. Are there any tools that you use to help you stay organized? Um, yeah. You, to not feel overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, oh, yeah, we, we have a, a bunch of different tools and, you know, also depending on the, on, on the time and the project, 
that we're working on, we also use different things. So for last year, for example, for the campaign, uh, well, after the campaign, when we were working on writing the book, commissioning the artwork, so working with a ton of illustrators from all over the world, and it was, you know, a very complicated process from a, you know, logistic mm -hmm. perspective. Uh, we were using uh, this tool called uh, Airtable, Uh, which was yeah, which was pretty pretty uh, powerful because it's like you know it's like an Excel, it's like an Excel file, um, but it's 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 kind of more flexible and it's more for project management. Um, so and you can you know it's it's a very collaborative platform. You can you can have your team work on it and and it's so that was that was very very uh, helpful for us and um and now for the team of course we use slack for um the different with different channels for you know to follow up with uh, with the team and and be um be updated on everything and uh, and also we use slack in combination with trello um And that's been very, very uh, helpful as well when, yeah, we work on new, <clears throat> on new pro uh, yeah, projects and or new developments. That's, uh, yeah, that's been extremely useful. That's cool. Yeah, I, I, we use both those tools here as well. So what's the, uh, what's been the biggest difference you think between the two Kickstarters, you know, with, and, and maybe even just Kickstarter gold, is there, have you seen a big difference between anything traffic wise or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Well, well, the big difference, of course, is uh, mainly that uh, the other time everything was new for us. So we were trying everything for the first time, and so we we had no idea what was what was going to work, uh, and what was going to be just a complete failure. Failure. So, uh, like. This time around, we, we were prepared, and so we knew uh, that, you know, there's a certain set of things that you can expect to, to work when you, when, you, when you launch a Kickstarter campaign, especially if you have an existing community of backers and a, an existing and live audience and, and user base. So uh, it was, we didn't have, you know, the, the fear that we had last year was somehow mitigated by... Uh, by what what we have what we have built in the meantime, um, so yeah, the main difference is of course you know knowing things uh, that that you didn't know before, and and in terms of you know changes, um, the the speed of you know the of, of, at which we we raised funds in the first especially in the first week uh was you know definitely higher um uh, than than the previous campaign we basically raised four four hundred thousand in in the first week uh so so that was uh of course that was a big difference and uh, it's also uh, we're also seeing a difference in terms of uh, time of the year because last year we launched at the end of april Mm -hmm. And and this year, because of the Kickstarter Gold initiative, we launched at the end of June. Um, and you know, ideally, I would suggest to anyone who's thinking about launching a, a crowdfunding campaign, I would suggest to use, um, you know, March, April as a as a time frame instead of June, July, because yeah. you know, July people 
especially now the 4th of July weekend and then the vacation, you know, people start to think about other stuff. They're not, they're not maybe, you know, as, uh, they're not in the office sometimes or, you know, they go on vacation. So, uh, yeah, so we see a difference in, in also around that. Uh, but uh, in terms of the excitement of, of people, that's, that's incredible. And, and, and that, I think, also was the biggest surprise for us because, you know, when you launch a volume two, when you launch a sequel, there's always the fear that, oh, but this is not new, right? This is not something new. Uh, it's something that people already know. Maybe, uh, you know, the, maybe the response will not be as, as exciting as, as it was the first time. And instead, in, 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 in that, we were, we were wrong because the response, you know, people, where they like, when they like something, they just, you know, they, they just like to, to yeah, keep, like it. <laughs> to, right. yeah, to keep, to keep seeing the same thing, like yeah. over and over. So yeah, the response has been incredible. That's cool. That's cool. So in the next, let's say, what you got about 30 days when all the money comes in and, and you know, you're, all the high fives are, are given, what starts to happen next? So, yeah, uh, well, it actually already started to happen. We, we are already working on, of course, the new, the new stories and um, so the writing of the stories and, and then the illustrations uh, because each, each story uh, goes with a, with a with a fully illustrated portrait of each woman. So we are working, so Francesca and I are writing the stories. Uh, we have a person who's working on the research of the stories with us. And, and the research uh, is already done for, for this second volume. So now we are actually in the process of writing the stories and commissioning the portraits to, to different illustrators. So there's, you know, the, now there's the machine, the product management machine mm-hmm. is, <laughs> is already, is already in place and is already working. Right. And of course, you know, we have less unknowns that we had than we had last year because last mm-hmm. year we didn't, you know, it was the first time for us to print something, for example. So we had to find the printing facility. We had to find the right people, the right paper. Um, I mean, it was it was the first time for everything. Now, I mean, most of, of this also like the fulfillment company, um, we had to find the right one and, you know, get it together. So right yeah. now it, it's different because all of these things are uh, clear and we know we... we you know, we have a clear set of partners that we're working with. And so we know where to go, we know what to do. And, you know, so the timeline is, is more precise. What has been the biggest change in the last 12 months for just you personally? So the biggest change for me personally, I think has been, you know, going from a very, uh, solitary working experience to like a team um yeah you know building a team and uh trying to to build things that can scale because you know when when you launch a campaign you're there's a part of that that is just okay let's see i mean if this works it's fine it's going to be great if it doesn't work okay Mm-hmm. I'll have to find a job <laughs> now. <laughs> now it's more okay. So this is working. So we need to get this 
at a bigger scale. So my my the the biggest you know change in in mindset and also in you know daily things for me was to try to see okay how how do we make this you know a serious you know, big global company and not just, and not just a book that, right. uh, yeah, that is, you know, as successful as it can be, but you know, it, it, it's not just a book. And this was, and this has always very clear to us. We, we saw this book as, you know, the potential beginning of a larger media brand. And so if the campaign was going to be successful, that, you know, would have been the beginning of it. If not, okay, it, it was just an experiment that we were doing. Uh, but yeah, since it was successful, then for us, it was immediately clear that we had to try to understand how we could grow this into something bigger than just a children's book. So I'm assuming that that's what your guys' scale looks like for you, is really envisioning the podcast and, and these sort of uh, other arms yeah. that come off of the book? Yeah, definitely, yes. Yeah, we 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 yeah, we definitely want to build a, a media company where you know the book is just one of the touch points. Mm-hmm. It, it, so where do you see then, like the company in five years, ten years? I know that's hard because we're forecasting here, but but what do you ultimately see for it? Is it around the globe? Is it a hundred employees? Is it still small? What do you see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, definitely we see this as an international company because it's, uh, and it, it already is quite international. We already have like people working in, in different countries and, and especially since the, the book has such an international approach, it's been translated into 30 languages. So it's, it's great. I mean, it's, it's obvious that, uh, there's, um, there's, there's a very international appeal that this brand has. So, um, and, and for us, we're, now we, we also, we are able to see in which are the markets where this brand is resonating more. For example, uh, Italy is incredibly, uh, doing well right now. And it's, uh, it's our second biggest market after the English speaking market. And then our third biggest market is, Surprisingly, or maybe not surprise, not surprisingly, uh, Turkey, even yeah. more, even more than you know the Spanish-speaking countries. So it's incredible how you know you you can take something and then you can see how it quickly it can become uh, like international and global. So yes, definitely we see you know five to ten years we we see like this becoming like a big media brand with uh with a strong international presence and we we want to we want to have um and that's something that we are that we are working on we 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 want to continue to expand these stories in other formats so we see a tv expansion for example um happening in the future so uh yeah we and, and also we we see you know more of course first of all we see more books coming out because of course goodnight stories for rebel girls is the title of, of a very successful book but it, for us it, it's always been the title of you know like uh an umbrella title of you know multiple multiple books uh, for um, designed with the same spirit uh, to empower young young girls and to promote uh, these values. Well, well, uh, I, I think you're doing an amazing job. Um, I'm going to let you get back to uh, you know doing backer updates and responding to comments. But where can people find more information if they want to dive into into the into the Timbuktu world? 
Yes, they can go to our website, which is uh, rebelgirls.co. Uh, and of course, they can go to our uh, Kickstarter campaign on Kickstarter, which is Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Lena, I, I thank you so much for taking time out of your day. It was an honor to talk to you. Uh, it's one of the best campaigns yeah, that I've been following and following what you guys have been doing for the last couple of years. Uh, I'm proud to have it here for my daughter to read. And uh, I wish you guys nothing but success. And uh, you got a major fan over here in Detroit. So I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was great to be here. All right. And that was my conversation. I told you it was a good one. I told you. I warned you before we, before we hit the old launch button. So... I really, again, want to want to thank everybody from Timbuktu for setting that, that interview up. It was great, great meeting everybody and uh, great conversations. So, song we're listening to, a song called Soldier. It's a rock and roll song all about, uh, I guess, my thoughts on what it's like to maybe be out there and be in battle. Um, song we wrote a long time ago. Again, a song that was just rediscovered when I asked Sean to send me some tracks that I lost and uh, just found it. So, it's got the old rock and roll guitar behind it. I'm going to stop talking and turn it up and uh, I'm going to have another episode actually popping out tomorrow. I thought I was going to lighten up the summer but we've just got too many interviews coming in so uh, we just got to we just got to keep it going. That's a good thing right? So alright. I will talk to you all uh, tomorrow.
Feeling helpless and hopeless in this place My green fields have turned into sand With the weight of the U.S. on my back We're just pieces of someone's big plan When will it be the second that I break? I should have 